Good morning, everyone. Welcome this morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's try that again. He is risen. He is risen Thank you. Good job. You're awake now. Beautiful Easter morning. A little chilly on my toes. I got the flip-flops out last week. They're not going away. So I had to come down in some frost in my flip-flops, but it was worth it. Thanks for being here this morning. Welcome to family and friends for our Easter worship service, one of the best days of the year. All over planet Earth, people are gathering together to celebrate the fact that Jesus is not in that tomb any longer. This morning is kind of also, if you haven't been with us since January, is a conclusion uh, to our message series that was in the Gospel of Matthew that we called Life with Jesus what that looked like for the disciples through the Gospel of Matthew and what it's culminated into this day. Life with Jesus, they thought, ended. If you were with us this past week watching our devotionals, uh, this past week of Holy Week, the disciples thought life with Jesus was over on that Friday, that it had ended. He was arrested. He was crucified. He was put in a tomb. But today, as we gather here together, life with Jesus actually doesn't end at all. That they actually find their true life in him and his resurrection. We'll talk about that today throughout the service as we sing a number of songs celebrating Jesus' resurrection, what it means that he died for us and rose again. That he is indeed risen, that Jesus is alive. If he wouldn't have risen, there's no point in us gathering here in this place together. The whole reason that we gather on Sundays, because next Sunday we'll do the same thing. We are celebrating the reality, the truth, that Jesus is alive and what that means then in our lives. And we're going to talk about that today, but let's hear how it was recorded in Matthew's gospel in chapter 28. We've just gone. 21 and all the way to chapter 20 we're saving this Sunday for Matthew 28 verse 1 says after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb because they expected Jesus to be there there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. He is not here. He is risen. That's why we've gathered here this morning to celebrate the truth that Jesus is alive. And because of what he has accomplished in his death for us, we too can live because of him. Let's sing about that together this morning. Will you stand and sing with us our first song, This Is Amazing Grace. Set free 
seems our chaos back into order. Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of glory. Who rules the nations with truth and justice? Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. Yeah, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. this place with this reality, all that you've done for us that took you through that past week of going to that cross, that you did that for us because you knew, Lord, that that grave could not hold you. And so we've gathered here in the name that is above every name, the name that has been restored as King of kings and Lord of lords to his true glory. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be in our midst, working and moving in our hearts and minds, Lord, drawing us into your presence, Lord, helping us to truly recognize and celebrate what it means that Jesus rose again, that Jesus is alive, that that tomb could not hold him. And we pray this in his name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to be seated. We're going to do things a little bit differently today as we do our Easter worship. Uh, you'll stand back up again when we sing. We're not going to sing right away because I want to make a few comments uh, regarding our worship service and really bringing some conclusion to our message series about what it means to do life with Jesus, truly living uh, and living our lives for Jesus. And we're going to use Matthew 28 to do that this morning because as I said, Jesus didn't rise again, then our gathering here in this place is pointless. It, we might as well not be here because everything Jesus said and did was based upon the fact that he could, in fact, defeat Satan. He could, in fact, atone for sin, and he could, in fact, defeat death itself. All those claims is what he was making with his disciples as he was ministering, doing all kinds of healings from Matthew 1 to the Matthew 27. All these things Jesus said was based upon whether or not he would rise out of that tomb. The uh, passage that I want to share is in verse 11 of chapter 28, and it's actually a report from the guards. 
there's a lot of things that have been said about Jesus. There's a lot of people who disagree with the fact that he rose again. There's people who don't believe he actually lived. There's lots of things that are said about the scriptures, whether or not we can believe the stories that we find in here, if Jesus is who he truly says he is, and that's not anything new. In fact, even after that first Easter morning, they were coming up with some kind of lie to explain what had just taken place. If you remember from Matthew 27, and the chief priests went to uh, the Roman governor to say, uh, this guy, Jesus, the Messiah, claimed that he would rise again after three days. And so we're asking you to send soldiers to the tomb, seal up the tomb, that nobody can access the body of Jesus. Because we don't want his followers to go and steal him out of there so that you know, the first deceit, which was Jesus claiming this, is even worse in the fact that it appears that it actually happened. So they, they do all kinds of things to make sure that that body can't be taken from that grave. And of course, we're here today because that body was no longer in that tomb. We know that the stone was rolled away. We just read that before our first song, that the ladies came and there was an angel sitting there. The stone was gone. Jesus' body was gone. The soldiers were terrified. They were paralyzed. They couldn't move. And so now they go back to the chief priests. That's what this passage is about their story going back to the chief priests that he's gone Jesus is not there it says while the women were on their way some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened this is from Matthew 28 verse 11 when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan they gave the soldiers a large sum of money if you remember there was bribery going on to get Jesus arrested and there is deceit and lies and false testimony, and it's still continuing right now. They're bribing these soldiers to tell this story. These are the chief priests saying, you are to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. The very job that they had to do, they were positioned there so that this didn't actually happen. And now they're going to the chief priests and they're telling them, just say you fell asleep. The one thing you weren't supposed to do, just tell them that you did. And that the disciples, his followers came and they stole the body out. And if this report, if your lie gets back to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. Basically, they're saying we'll bribe him with some more money so that we can perpetuate this lie that Jesus' body was stolen. And so the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulate, circulated among the Jews to this very day. The, the, the very thing that put Jesus on the cross, or so they believed these deceits, these lies, is the very thing they would continue to perpetuate when Jesus' body was not there. And so what they were trying to get people to do was disbelieve this story that Jesus rose again. Because if people disbelieve it, they're not going to continue to follow him. I was, not me, I, I'm forced to watch all kinds of Disney shows because of the uh, children in my house. They were watching a Disney show yesterday. And the show is about a family and they were celebrating Easter. And when it began, Easter was about the Easter bunny and the Easter baskets and all those kinds of things. They did include church in this, but only because this is what tradition says. We should go to church on Easter. And then the whole show was about Easter not really being about what Easter is all about. Of all the holidays, even Christmas, I was saying I think to Jess, even Christmas, we can kind of make it about something else because we've made Christmas very much about presents and gifts and things like that. Easter's a lot harder to do that with because it's not as big of a buildup to Easter. And the buildup that usually happens around Easter is going to church services for the most part. There's different services that happen around Easter. So trying to make Easter about something it's not 
way more difficult, but the Disney Channel did their level best at making it about something that it's not. And the reality is, when you make Easter about something that it's not, you might as well not Easter. Because what Easter is doing, what Easter is telling us, is that everything Jesus said and accomplished is true. And that empty tomb is proof of that. And so if Easter is about something else, then no, your life isn't going to change. And believe me, the world's going to try and make Easter about something that it's not. And so this is just a lie that was told in the disciples' own day. And those lies have been perpetuated throughout history and all kinds of things are being said, not just about the resurrection, but whether or not we can actually believe this, the Bible, and that the story is in fact true. Because what changes people's lives is belief in what Jesus said he would do. The power of Easter is an empty grave. And we make it a, when we make it about something that it's not, Easter loses all of its power. It has no anybody's life at all. And so the question is, can you believe this story? So if you were coming to Grace Church, we've been following Jesus around with his disciples for Matthew chapter 1, and we got the story of Jesus' birth all the way now. Here we are in Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus was saying a lot of things throughout his ministry. Things about the kingdom, what it looks like to be his follower. Things about what he was going to accomplish. What it means that he was actually going to Jerusalem. Was, would be arrested and crucified and die. He told them about rising again. All kinds of things Jesus said. Wondering if the disciples are going to believe this story that Jesus is telling. Life with Jesus starts with your belief that what he says is true. And when you embrace that as true, it changes your life. And so Easter morning, this Easter morning, the question is still being asked. Do you believe that this story about Jesus is true? Well, I hope if you're here this morning, the answer to that question is yes. But we'll read, towards the end, we'll read that some of the disciples still struggled. Some still doubted. Trying to figure out, trying to wrap their minds around what just happened. Now, we've been talking about life with Jesus since January. We've been challenging you, if you are sitting in here or watching at home, with each of these messages to do life with Jesus. You're going to hear a lot of stories about who this Jesus claims to be. You're gonna, the world's going to try and tell you a lot of things, a lot of deception and lies about why you can't trust that this story about Jesus is true. But it's only when we answer yes to the fact that Jesus is indeed alive. He is not in that tomb, but has risen again. That your life actually will change. The last story we get with the Jerusalem leaders is this one that I just read for you in Matthew 28, verse 11. We leave them still trying to deceive as many as they can who this Messiah is through deceit, through bribery, anything they could do to get people to disbelieve. The world gives you that same challenge. They'll stop at nothing. The prince of darkness who Jesus defeated, Satan himself, wants nothing more than to deceive you from believing that Jesus is alive. And I don't know that the writers of this episode of this Disney Channel uh, show was trying to do that. Unbeknownst to them, they tried to make Easter, because it's a part of our culture, something that it's not. But when you take this away from Easter, 
Easter is nothing. It has no power. The power of Easter is an empty tomb. The power of Easter is changed lives. You can go anywhere on this planet and you'll find a group of people that call themselves followers of Jesus Christ gathered together worshiping. Some of them doing it at risk to their own lives because they believe this story is true. They believe the word of God and they've experienced it and seen it in their own life. And if you struggle with that, I want to ask you that question. Do you believe it's true? Because when you answer yes to it, Jesus tells us that's when you truly live. Jesus said he was walking, um, going to a town where his friend Lazarus had died. If you remember that story. And before he got into where Lazarus was, they buried him and he was in a tomb also. Lazarus' sister comes out to Jesus and she's very upset. Obviously because her brother had died. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. And he asks her, do you believe this? And she says, yes, I believe you are the Christ, the Messiah, the one who was promised. And Jesus verified that because what did he do with Lazarus? He calls him out of that tomb and Lazarus comes walking out. Jesus is the one who possesses life. And you can experience that today. When you say yes to this story, that Jesus is alive. He has given us the evidence we need to know that it's true. Because that tomb was empty. And from that day forward, we have something we call the church. And people throughout history have gathered. And you know what we'll do next week, as I said? We'll gather again. On Sunday, you're welcome to come back next week. We'll be here. Because we're celebrating the reality that Jesus is alive. And we do that every Sunday. And we'll do that every Sunday till Jesus comes back. No matter what this world throws at us. We'll do it every Sunday till Jesus comes back. Because we believe that it's true. And that it's this day. Above any other day. That we celebrate. Because it's this day that Jesus offers us life. The evidence is overwhelming. The evidence is all around us. And we're going to sing that together. Let's stand and sing evidence. All throughout my history Your faithfulness has walked beside me The storms made way for spring In every season From where I'm standing I see the evidence of your goodness All over my life All over my life I see your promises in is in fulfillment all over 
thankful for the evidence of that empty tomb and Lord I pray God that we might experience that in our own lives that we would experience that evidence through the changed lives that you bring into us as we say yes to this story of that empty grave God I pray that you'd continue to be working in our lives showing us the evidence helping us to see that it is all around us we pray it in Jesus name Amen. You may be seated. That song is really conveying to us that the evidence begins with that empty grave, that empty tomb. And then we get to experience that in our own lives. Sometimes I I think about that first Easter Sunday when after the events of the past week and of course that Friday as if you were following along with our devotionals and we had our Monday Thursday service here and had communion together just some of those experiences of uh, being in that garden with Jesus as he's praying and Peter denying Jesus those three times and all of the disciples running and fleeing and, and, and deserting Jesus in his, his hour of need and then, of course, the going to the cross, being arrested, and being all these kinds of lies being said about him, and uh, the disciples just kind of tangentially around, and then the crucifixion, and wondering to yourself, maybe, how can we continue to do life with Jesus? He's gone. He's dead. I'm, I'm sure the disciples had to be asking themselves that question. We can't do life with Jesus anymore. He, he's in a tomb. And that's what makes Easter Sunday so special. The ladies were going to the tomb because they believed Jesus was there. And we read that passage for you as they went to the tomb and they were shocked by the reality that Jesus was not there. Life with Jesus is still possible. Because he didn't stay in that tomb. And they meet Jesus. Verse 7 of Matthew chapter 28. After the ladies had been confronted with the angel and the angel says to them that he's not here. Jesus, the one you're looking for, he's not here, he's alive, he's risen. And he tells the ladies, go quickly and tell his disciples 
that he is risen from the dead, and that he, Jesus, is going ahead of them back to Galilee, back to where it all started. And there you'll see him. And the angel says, now I have told you. Jesus then appears as the women hurry away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy at disbelief of what is taking place. They had to start thinking about Jesus saying these things to them, that he would be arrested and crucified and buried, and on the third day I would rise again, he told them. And they were afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. And suddenly Jesus meets them. Greetings, he said. And they came to him, clasped his feet, and they worshiped him. Now, there are some other accounts if you read Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels of this same event. And Jesus, somehow in his resurrected body, doesn't quite look exactly the same because at first they don't recognize him in another account. And Jesus is walking with some followers on the road to Emmaus, if you remember that story from Luke's Gospel. And they didn't recognize who Jesus was. But Jesus comes to them and he says, greetings. And they see him. He's alive. He's not dead. And they go to tell the disciples. He says, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, their family. That's what he calls them, my brothers, to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now, Matthew ends things where he starts. All started in Galilee. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is in the wilderness and is tested. Matthew chapter 5, he begins his ministry and he's in Galilee. And Jesus and the guys return to that same place. And I'm going to read for you in a minute his parting words to them. The last things Jesus says to his disciples. If you read Matthew chapter 1, we'll get a story, an account of Jesus' birth. And one of the words that we hear about Jesus at Christmas time, we sing songs about it, we have signs that say it, one of the words that is used is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is going to use very similar words to his disciples the parting words that he has, the things that he concludes with. And Matthew takes us back to the beginning again, and here once again, Jesus says, go back to Galilee, because I'm going to meet you there, and I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. If you were following along with us in our devotions, if you haven't, they're online, you can watch them. The disciples thought it was the end of the age. They were asking them all kinds of questions in Matthew 24 and 25. Is this it, Jesus? Are you going to restore all things? They weren't expecting him to get arrested and crucified. And Jesus says to them, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. One of the things that Easter reminds us of, if we ask ourselves, well, how can we do life with Jesus? Jesus is gone. No, he's not. Easter morning is that reality that Jesus is not gone. He's alive. He lives within each one of us, doing life with Jesus 2.0. It's called the book of Acts. It's the Holy Spirit. And guess what? That's the next sermon series. Next Sunday when you come, we'll talk about doing life with Jesus 2.0. Life with Jesus is life in the Spirit, and Acts is all about that. It doesn't end. Jesus goes with you. When we leave here, when we walk out these doors, Jesus doesn't stay in this place. He goes with us. That's why you can say to these ladies when they come to the tomb, do not be afraid. 
And he repeats that other times when he appears to his disciples. Do not be afraid, for I'll be with you to the very end of the age. That's what Jesus' promise is to us. And he's proved that. The evidence was there in that empty grave, that empty tomb. And because he lives, he says, you can live too. When Jesus was walking around with his disciples doing ministry, healing people all over the place, feeding thousands and thousands, he told his disciples how they actually find life. What does true life really look like? What does it mean to truly live? And Jesus tells them it's to take up their cross and deny yourself, die to yourself, and follow me. Jesus wasn't asking them to do something he himself wasn't going to do for them. And in fact, instead of experiencing death, Jesus says, you actually will experience life. That is all made possible because he lives. This day is a day of celebration because he lives. And all those promises that he has made are ours because he lives. And we're going to sing that song together. Because of who Jesus is, because he is alive, all these promises are ours as well. When we put our faith and our trust in him. Let's stand and sing together, Because He Lives. I believe in the sun. I believe in the risen one. I believe I
may be seated. Because he lives, that's the story of Easter. Because he lives, we too can find life. As I said, Matthew kind of returns back to where he started when he talks about Jesus having all authority in heaven and on earth. I want to read that for you in just a minute. But one of the things that Easter reminds us of, and this song is going to do that as well, is Jesus is simply returning to what he willingly gave up for us. That Jesus always was King of kings and Lord of lords, but as Paul tells us in Philippians, Jesus humbled himself as a slave, even to the point of death on a cross. Because Jesus knew that he would be restored to his original glory because that grave could not hold him. And what we celebrate on Easter morning, on Easter Sunday, is that the risen Jesus is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. And that there is no name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved except for the name of Jesus Christ. This song, King of Kings, is reminding us that even as Jesus went to that cross, he truly was the King of Kings. And the proof of that is today, is Easter Sunday. We were waiting without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory Jesus, for our sake, you died. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory. church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of all shall not kneel, shall not faint. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who 
No, stay up here. No, it's, I mean, it's almost over. I only got like 45 minutes left. Almost is a relative term. I don't know if you captured towards the end of that song where we heard the, the church of Christ was born. It's kind of like our birthday today. That Jesus birthed this thing we call the church to take this story to the very ends of the earth. This good news, why is it good news? Because we are now free. We are no longer enslaved by our sin. Jesus has atoned for it. And we walk in freedom and in life. And it's this good news that Jesus tells his disciples to take all over the planet that he has redeemed. He redeemed all of creation, that song lyric says that we just heard, without despising the cross. Jesus has redeemed all things back to himself. When he walked out of that tomb, at whatever point he did, it was empty when they showed up. Whenever he walked out of that tomb, he made the statement, all of this, all of you belong to me. I've been given authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus says, King of kings and Lord of lords, God of glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is claiming it all for himself. And right now we're in the now but not yet. He has done it, but he's giving us an opportunity. He's giving us a chance to embrace this good news, this story and then to share it with the world around us. That's why at the end of this, Jesus gives this commission. He's really just commencing this mission for the church. The church begins. We're going to read about it in Acts here. Everything you've watched, disciples, everything I've told you, everything you've seen, everything you experienced, all of it, and now seeing me face-to-face, -face, alive, Go into all the world and tell everyone about it. Verse 16 of chapter 28. This is the conclusion of Matthew's gospel. They're back in Galilee now, where it all started, the ministry of Jesus. When he first told everybody, told the world, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And his ministry launches. They're back in Galilee then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. We're not exactly sure what mountain that is. Scholars are not really all in agreement of that. It's possible that that mount was where the Sermon on the Mount was given. Wherever it was, they went back there. And when they saw him, they worshiped. They worshiped him. But some doubted. Some were still trying to wrap their minds around what had just happened. Now, Thomas always gets the blame for being the doubter. Doubting Thomas, we use that phrase all the time, not even with scriptural, biblical things. If someone doubts something, we just call them a doubting Thomas. Peter doubted when the ladies went back to tell the disciples who were hiding pretty much that Jesus wasn't there. They didn't say, oh, of course he's not. He told us he wasn't going to be there. I can't believe you guys didn't believe that. They get up and they run to the tomb. They can't believe it. They're still trying to wrap their minds around saying yes to this story, that Jesus is alive and he truly is the Messiah. What is their conclusion? What will they finally answer? Well, fast forward in your Bible. It's called the book of Acts, and we'll see what their answer is. Even their struggles, even their doubts, they brought to that moment when they worshiped Jesus. And Jesus embraced them as brothers. That's what he said. Tell my brothers to meet me. And Jesus tells them this. All authority in earth, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That last song that the worship team just did, King of Kings, is explaining that. All authority belongs to Jesus. 
He was there in the beginning and, and he has redeemed it and restored it all back to himself. All of it has been given to me, Jesus says. And now I'm telling you, therefore, go into all the world and tell people about me. That's what it means, make disciples. Disciple is simply a follower of Jesus. We believe the story that God is telling us about redemption. We call it the Bible. We believe that it is true. And he says, go tell that word nations, every people group, every people group that you can find, go tell them what you've witnessed, what you've seen, what you've heard. Baptizing them, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And this is where he brings back in the God with us, the Emmanuel that we read in Matthew chapter 1. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. He'll never leave us, never forsake us, never depart from us. That's his promise. Not even death, Jesus says, can separate you from me. Because of what I've accomplished. That's the story we're supposed to go and tell. That's the story that you walk out of here with. That's the story that I can find in villages in Liberia. That you can't find on a map. That you can't get to by a car. There, they're celebrating this story. Seeking to obey these commands. You can find this story, people following on the foothills of the Himalayan mountain range. I was there. I saw them. I worshiped with them. You can find it in the remote villages in Northeast India. I've seen them. I've talked to them. In some of the most dangerous places in Mexico, in Rio Bravo, where we left in the daytime because it got too dangerous at night. You didn't hear that, Jess. They're there. This same story. It's changed their life. And in the midst of the danger, they continue to gather. In the first world country of Tokyo, Japan, it's there. You'll find them. The evidence is there. But it's not Jesus physically present anymore. It's the people's lives who've been changed by this story. See, doing life with Jesus means you actually live life the way God intends you to live it. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Read that story. Man, what an amazing relationship Jesus, God had with Adam and Eve. Human flourishing, that's what God's intention is. And God says, I offer it to you today. Yeah, I know how messed up this world is, but you can experience life the way I originally intended it. You know how you do that? By giving your life to Jesus. When you do that, and obey my words and my teachings, Jesus says, you will truly find life. Because there's more to it than just hearing the story. You've got to believe that it's true and your life has to be changed by it. That's why Jesus says, go in all the world, tell them the good news and teach them how to obey these commands that I'm giving you. Don't just tell it to them, show them. Be the example for them. Because true life in Jesus means we live like Jesus lived. If we're going to do life the way God intends, we do life the way Jesus did life. And when we do that, we live the way that God truly intended us to live. In relationship with him. Yes, in the brokenness. Yes, in the doubting. But in relationship with him. I have had a lot of conversations in my office sitting around a little table and I've asked this question to people. What if you started trying to do life God's way instead of doing it your way? 
What would, it, what would it look like? What do you think would happen if you truly did life with Jesus, if you tried doing life God's way? The reason typically we're sitting in my office is because they've been trying to do life their way. How's that working out for you? Usually it's not good. So I simply ask the question, what if you try and do life God's way? What might change? Because doing life God's way is different. There's more to it than just, hey, this story is good news. I was trying to do life my way. I heard the good news. I heard these stories. I grew up that way. I could tell you the stories. I can repeat the stories to you. But Ted was really doing life Ted's way. And I remember being in a room in my parents' house when I came back from the Navy, and I had been doing life my way, and it wasn't working out so great. I was making a lot of bad decisions, bad choices. Relationships weren't where I wanted them to be. My well-being was not where I wanted it to be. I was doing life the way that I thought I wanted to do it, and I was ending up a broken man. And it wasn't until I got down on my knees and I said, okay, God, I'm done doing life my way. I want to do it your way. I've heard about it. I've tasted it. I attempted it every now and then. When it worked for me, I did it. I'm not going to do it that way anymore. I am doing life your way, God. I am dying to myself today. It wasn't until then that I truly began living. Doing life with Jesus has changed my life. The evidence of that are a lot of people sitting in here, all over this planet Earth, people who got together today to celebrate that Jesus is alive. And you know what they'll do next week? They'll celebrate that Jesus is alive. And the week after that, they'll celebrate that Jesus is alive. Until Jesus returns, we will be celebrating that He and He alone offers true life, and it can be yours today. If you've been doing life your way, you're going to walk out of here, and if Easter is just a day of Easter baskets and hard-boiled eggs, then those relationships in your life, they're not going to look different. They won't change. The way you feel, maybe not today, next week, it won't change. If Easter isn't about what Jesus has accomplished in our truly living when we put our faith and hope and trust in him, it's all going to look the same. But Jesus can make it different. Do all the problems go away? Nope. I still got those. But I can tell you right now, the Ted that I knew that was doing life Ted's way isn't the Ted that's standing up here. And I could get other people to come up here and give you that same exact story. Because this story is more than a story to them. It's life. And when you find it, you want to tell everybody about it. I've got family in my own life that don't follow Jesus. I've got friends that don't know Jesus. And I want them so badly to experience what Jesus has to offer. And what Jesus offers is an empty tomb. If you want to experience life the way God intended you to experience it, if you want to experience relationships the way God intends you to experience them, that means you're giving your life up to Him. And when you do that, Jesus says, that's when, that's when, you truly find life. My prayer is that if you don't have that now, this Easter is when you truly find that life. Let's pray. God, thank you for not despising the cross, but willingly going to it for us because of what that meant. That because of Jesus' death, we might find life in him, and he proved that to us by taking up his own life and walking out of that tomb.
And because he has died for us, we can live because of him. God, I am thankful this morning for that salvation in my own life, Lord, for the many in this room, the many watching, God, who have that story as well. All of them different, but all of them coming to that same conclusion that Jesus Christ is the one who has changed them. Lord, may we, through our lives, share this good news, this good news that when we put our faith, our hope, our trust in the person and the work of Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection, we might truly begin to live. And may we celebrate that to the very end of the age. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's close our time of worship together this Sunday by singing together Glorious Day. Let's stand and sing that song together. shined among us His glory
one day he's coming. He's proved that through rising from that grave. That tomb could no longer keep him. That tomb could no longer hold him. We have gathered here this morning serving, praising, honoring a living Savior. May you go with that truth today and live your lives for him. Amen. Happy Easter, everyone. Thanks for being here today. And uh, same time next week. We'll see you next week.